Welcome Charlene Vlahos, Director of Education and Development from, of Karatani, and she's going to be talking about toddlers. Thank you. Thanks Dean. How's everybody going? I was watching uh, a friend's presentations. Is everyone okay? Not in a sleep state? I love when you talk about sleep and you start demonstrating sleep. Everyone feels a little bit sleepy too. <laughs> All right, we'll get started. So as Dean said, I'm Charlene Vlahos and I'm from Karatani. I'm the Director of Education and Business Development. That title probably means absolutely nothing to you today, except that I am a child and family health nurse. So I'm putting on my child and family health nurse hat um, and talking about toddlers today and some of the work we're doing at Karatani. So before we get started, I just wanted to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and acknowledge um, elders past, present and emerging um, and those attending today's gathering. So toddlers, today I hope will be a really practical uh, afternoon. I want to really think about, get you to think about, well, what is it that um, I want to take back to my practice? What is it I want to take back when I'm working with the families? What is it I actually want to see? So I'm not going to go into too much theory. I'm sure Fran did a really good foundation around infant mental health and it kind of banks on from that and um, should be an extension of that. So I've got some videos that we're going to go through and um, I think, you know, let's get toddlers perceived in probably a more positive light than they currently are. <laughs> um, so if I say the word toddlers to you, what does that mean to you? Like, what, what, what kind of things come straight to mind when you think about a toddler? Tantrums. What else? Curiosity. Oh, that's a nice positive word. What else do we hear? Sorry? Fun? Excellent. Entertaining. I love all these words. Sorry? Exhausting. Yes. Yes, they are. Um, so I think that, you know, when we're looking at toddlers, they often get a bad rap. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest things we get an inquiry for or parents coming into Karatani is for toddlers. Well, number one is sleep. Um, and you've learned all about that. And the second is toddlers. So, a little bit about Karatani. So we have our residential units and parenting centres. What we also have at Karatani is our toddler clinic. Um, and that's based on PCIT, which is parent-child interaction therapy. And if time permits, I'm gonna go into a little bit more of, of that right towards the end um, and how that works, because they're the kind of the key things about what you'll take back. Uh, to the families that you work with because they are, it's really, it sounds really simple um, and really it is, it's really about attachments. Everything we're going to talk about today comes from an, um, a complete um, attachment focus um, and we also do PCIT at our clinics in uh, Karamar and Camden but we also do IPCIT which is like the telehealth model so that's really reaching out to our rural and remote families as well as well as families across um, metropolitan areas that don't necessarily get into um, those uh, services at Camden and Karamar. So um, I'll certainly will share that with you. 
Over where Dean is standing is there are handouts for today's presentation. They are teeny tiny because I wanted to save the trees, um, but feel free to grab one of those. Actually, Dean, do you want to pass them out? Might be worthwhile and everyone getting back up again. Um, so feel free to take one and just um, write your notes on there. Alternatively, I'll send a PDF version to Dean and he can send it out to everybody as well if you're not inclined to take any paper. So let's get going. So today we're going to talk about toddler development because that's really important to understand why do they do the things that they do? Why are they exhausting? Why do they have tantrums? Um, we're going to touch on temperament as well because this is a really important um, factor to take into consideration and one in particular when you're talking to families about temperament and that personality style because that is one thing that parents can struggle with a lot is understanding um, where their children are coming from and that they are little individuals. Uh, we talk about brain development because this is a really critical part. So we've talked, you've probably had some foundation things this morning around um, the early, you know, the importance of early interactions, the architecture of the brain, um, and what the next phase of that looks like for toddlers because it actually gives you some really good insight and this is what you'll need to pass on to families and getting them to understand that. Um, and always I want you to have this, this undercurrent of what we need to do when you, what would you say to a family and how would you work with them? Please stop me at any times for questions. Um, I, I'm up here very high, which is very uncomfortable for me. I like being down amongst the people, so ask lots of questions. Because it's uh, what you get out of it is uh, probably questions that other people have as well. So, I've given you a little bit of a head start here to think about. So, what are the developmental domains when we're thinking about children's development? So, we've got social-emotional. So, this is like, go back to the foundations of what you do as a child and family health nurse practitioner. What are you actually looking for? Because the way we assess development is changing. You know, we've gone from having some really clear milestones and we've gone to having PEDS and now we're back to, um, you know, ages and stages and all of those things. So learn the signs, act early. So things are changing, but it needs to come back to having a foundational understanding of what toddlers do. So what social, emotional, what else might we cover? Communication? Yep. So language communication is a really big thing and really critical for toddlers because it really underpins some of the frustration that we see. What other things might we assess? Sorry? Diet, yeah. So the actual, you know, growing, those type of things, yeah, nutrition. Height, weight. Motor activity, so that, oh, the gross and fine motor development, those external things that we see. The social-emotional one is actually really um, one of those things that really sets toddlers aside, that really puts them into this very difficult, challenging, exhausting state. So some of the things we do cover, absolutely, looking at language and communication. Um, cognitive, so learning problem solving. Um, and this is an important thing because thinking about um, toddlers and their frustrations comes to learning that cognitive development that's starting to happen, cause and effect, wanting to do more but not necessarily having the skills or ability to keep up. 
Okay, so they're developing that. Now, one of the things to think about when you're working with families, and one of the things we've certainly noticed at Karatani, is parents jumping in and taking over. Okay, so children, because it's, um, and you probably see it in your own practice, but certainly what we're seeing is parenting is changing. Okay, there's a lot of, uh, parents have access to a lot of information. They have uh, usually two parents working. They're highly stressed. And we're doing some work in the, corporate, in the corporate world and that's definitely what we're seeing. So it's easier if I just do it myself. It's faster if I just do it myself. Now there are some ramifications for that. Um, because toddlers, you know, when they go, I do it. It's mine. You know, and they're starting to assert that independence and that will in their little brains to want to learn to how to, to, to do something. Trying to develop those cognitive skills, their brain is wired to do that. It, yet in some ways what we're doing in parenting at the moment is we're trying to almost stifle that because it's, it's hard, because it takes time. It takes time to let a toddler um, try something themselves. And it's okay if it doesn't go well the first time or if they don't do it perfectly. That's part of the learning. That's part of the cognitive foundation starting to happen. But we don't necessarily see that is in line with what's happening with parenting in general. Um, and some of the other things, I mean, it's, hard, it's difficult putting on labels and things, but some of the other things we see is, you know, you hear the terms the helicopter parent, you know, that it's, it's natural and normal for kids to want to start. And we'll talk about the circle of security and the going out and coming in that toddlers naturally do. Um, but, you know, it's your role in helping parents recognise that. So what parents might see as frustrating, they take too long, they, you know, they're procrastinating, you know, if they're trying to put on their shoes, they're going really slow. But it's flipping that mindset to go, actually, this is what your toddler wants to do. They're trying to learn to do things for themselves. And I always say to parents, the more you rush a toddler, the slower they'll go, without fail. If you take an extra 30 seconds, the job will be done much quicker. And you let them do that. So this is a really important part of the toddlerhood and kind of where we see a little bit at odds at the moment with some of our toddlers that are coming into our clinic with parents is helping them understand that. Um, and the movement and the physical development. So all that gross, um, gross motor, fine motor skills are really important. Once again, we are being challenged, I think, as... Um, as professionals working in this space because we are losing some of this and screen time is probably our biggest factor. Now, screens are not going to go away. That's a fact of life. We have to learn how to live beside them and how we incorporate them, but also, you know, helping parents understand that. And um, I'm not, you know, you might have discussed that this morning as well. So even the interactions of, you know, dulling down interactions, um, Eye contact, those type of things, all those signals and cues that babies are giving us from very early on are being filtered between a screen. Okay, and it's also the same for toddlers in terms of their ability to go out and play. We're seeing toddlers coming in that actually don't have, can actually even hold a crayon. They're finding that very difficult because they, they know how to swipe, but they're not necessarily learning those fine motor skills. So, you know, it's not about, um, okay, here's a big thing of parent guilt. Here's a big bucket of parent guilt. Off you go, parents. That's really, you know, making them feel good because parenting is one of the, um, one of those jobs that everyone has an opinion about and everyone's expert on. 
So it's really about uh, letting them know it's the balance. If you have screen time, screen time is part of your life, then you have to balance that or balance that with some other activities. Okay, so where your child's going to have the opportunity to do that. And it's really difficult because parents are often really poor role models at it because they're on their phone a lot. And so, you know, um, just from a personal perspective, I don't know that we know the effect of that just yet. I think we may see that in the next five years, ten years um, to come, how children are learning how to... Um, children haven't even learnt how to be bored anymore. You know, boredom is a really, is a, is a state that's okay because you end up doing different things and you start to enter into these little patterns of development. That's how you develop. I'm bored, let's do something different. Yet a child may give a signal, I've been in the pram way too long, I'm hungry, I'm tired, this is a toddler, and we're missing that cue or not talking to that cue and we're saying, I'm going to ignore what you're feeling and here's a phone to either dull that, ignore it or deal with it. And so you see this pattern starting to happen. Um, and children who are giving really, toddlers who are giving really strong messages to their parents and their carers around them, but it's not actually being received. And so, you know, I saw on Fran's slide before, you know, it's that misinterpretation of cues. It's not understanding that because then this is what we see in terms of behaviour, particularly for toddlers, and that dysregulation, and we'll talk more about that soon. Okay. So here's a quiz for you. How many words do you expect a two-year-old to have? Sorry? Minimum 50? Up to 200? Yeah, around about that. And starting to get one or two sentences as well. Yeah. At what age is the average for walking? 18 months. We've got 14 months. 9 to 18 months. Average is around 14 months. You guys are pretty good on this quiz. Uh, do children at 18 months share well with others? <laughs> Why not? It's all about me, isn't it? Very egocentric. It's all, and that, you know, un that development of that understanding, that social, emotional, that I'm part of the bigger world, really starts to cement itself around three and a half, four. Okay, so it's all about me. No understanding of consequences. Um, you know, so we see, you know, so helping parents understand some of the language that we see with parents is like they don't like me, they're just being defiant. Actually, no, they're just being toddlers. Their little brains are saying it's all about me because that's what it is. Um, and when can children follow a two-step command? Like, you know, go get your bag and put your shoes on, something simple like that. About two, yeah, you're about two years old when you can do that. And at what age can a child say their first name, age and sex? Yeah, you guys are good. We've done these quiz before and our, you know, your counterparts have not done as well, so well done to you. 
So I think that these are things that, and you think, oh, well, why is it important to know this? Why is it important when I'm working with families? Because, you know, we, we've got the, you know, Learn the Science Act early. Parents can do that. Why does this have to sit with me? There's so much I need to know. And I think that we know, you know, as child and family health professionals, the minute that you say hello to that family or you see that family, your assessment is happening. Your little, you know, those things that you know, those, all of those things in the pit of your stomach go, yeah, that's, that's spot on, or hmm, that's interesting, I might ask a little bit more about that. And it's a really important thing to be able to, to do that in a short amount of time. So it's not like you get in and go, I'll wait till I do my assessment, I'll get the blue book out and I'll do that. It's really every little interaction, even watching how the parent is interacting with the child, how is the child looking at the parent, all those little things really start to form, a, should start to form a picture about what's going on for the family and in toddlers in particular. Um, and I think that some, you know, as toddlers get older, they have less interactions with health professionals, only because you'll have immunisations at 18 months, so they might be seen by the GP or the practice nurse at that stage. Um, and they might go to their child and family health nurse, and that might be 18 months, and I think the next one's like two and a half, so you go by the blue book. So there's a bigger gap in between when someone with expert eyes is seeing this toddler. Okay, so it's really important that, that any little interaction that you have, that you take advantage of that and really try to make the most of it, because it could be another year, could be another 18 months, or what we are starting to see is children that are getting ready to go to school at four and a half who are clearly not ready. And so lots of opportunities for you know, intervention growth and all of those things have been missed. Okay, so never underestimate the time that you have with families um, and seeing them and making the most of those interactions because they're really important. And, um, you know, child and family health is, uh, is a real expertise and skill in that. And so developing that and keeping your knowledge up around um, toddlers. If you don't see toddlers all the time, you know, do more ring. There's lots of great videos, lots of great training out there. So learn more and more about them. So temperament. So why is this so important? I think this is a really interesting question around temperament. So temperament is the way that children respond to the world. Now, do you have a view? Some people have different views around temperament and personality. Is it made or do you think it's innate? Is it born? Innate? Yeah. Bit of both. Yeah. It is. It's kind of this thing. Um, and I'll talk about the three qualities in a moment, but what was important around thinking around temperament is a parent's understanding of their child's personality or their temperament. And thinking about it in the terms of, um, I guess the best way to describe it, I say I have parents and, and you know, we're discussing things, they go, I don't know why he's like that. I treat my children all the same and my older one is not like that. She is so easygoing. And you start thinking about, well, can you actually treat your children the same? And, and really you can't because they need different things from you. They have different temperaments and they have different personalities. So you can have some really clear foundation, like family rules that are the same for everybody, like no hurting, you know, we sit at the table together. And we always encourage families to have, you know, not too many rules, family rules, because they're hard to follow and they're easy to break and that makes everyone unhappy. 
um, but two or three really key things that are important to that you know important for the family that really keep um, that start to address the you know, temperament and personality. So, you know, you might have uh, I'll talk about my own children. I've got you know teenagers now, which are just big toddlers, anyway, <laughs> but. They need different things from me. I know that one is really emotional, so I know if she's feeling up or down, I need to be really present. One's extremely independent, and so it probably doesn't pushes back a little bit. So it's about getting a parent to understand and think about their children as little individuals and, temper, you know, and that their temperaments are going to be very different. And I think what's really interesting about that is also to ask the parent to think about, well, what's their personality like? And sometimes the two personalities together, or the two temperaments, don't necessarily go well together. Or there's something in that child's personality or temperament that really triggers the parent. And it's not to say that they don't love them or anything like that, but there's something that is really different. You know, you, you know there's different personalities that you get along with, and there are some that you don't. So, you know, it can be the same in families that, you know, that you're, that, you know, you find a way of being together and our families together, but there is, you know, definitely um, personalities that are different. So some of the the things around temperament, um, they took it down to three qualities. So sociability, okay, so that's a tendency to be shy or outgoing. So you can have, you know, oh my child's very shy, or my child's really outgoing, they're into everything. They love it. You know, they love doing all those things. Um, and so you'll have a shy child that will find it more difficult to cope in new situations and one child that just gets out there. Now this is a very common one we see and I'll talk about a little bit more of it when we get to the circle of security. It's almost the child that is in a new situation at the park or going to daycare or going to someone's house, someone that they're really familiar with and they cling on to mum or dad, okay, because that's what they're like. And what do parents often do in those situations? They push them out. They're like, no, you should go play. So you can see that the two temperaments or two personalities might be at odds with each other there. That the parent thinks they should be out playing and the child's actually going, everything in my being wants me to stay really close to you because I need you right now. So that's one of the things we see within um, one of the qualities of uh, temperament. Um, so reactivity, so that's uh, reactivity, strength of emotional reactions to positive and negative experiences. Okay, so you might see a child that's really irritable or described as really cooperative, and it comes down to the reactivity. So how do they cope in new situations? Um, how do they cope when they don't get their own way? Um, and for some children, they could have, you know, all of those things have all been put in, put in place and they're all the same and it's been a really... Um, you know, it's been a really uh, responsive parenting to, to date, but they can still be really irritable or react in, in such a way. So reactivity is one of those other aspects of temperament that we look at. Um, and persistence, so capacity to maintain attention despite distractions. Okay, and, we, and these, it's not to say that these things can't be changed or influenced or shaped in some way, but in many ways, when they looked at the, um, they did a, a study around this, these were the three things that were really quite present in children around temperament and personality and what could cause some of the challenges that we see in toddlers' behaviour. Um, and that study is actually under there in that reference. I love that video because I love the blah, 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 because that's, 
basically what, what children are hearing when parents are trying to talk to them. So it's really what we're asking toddlers to do is something their brain is not physically capable of doing, which is managing their emotions. And so um, understanding that and helping parents understand that is really critical because what they have is this external uh, expression of every emotion is on the outside. Now, if you saw a toddler, you would know exactly what they're feeling because it's all on the outside. They don't actually haven't learned to, un you know, understand it, process it, regulate it, and move on with it, okay? It's all on the outside. When, you know, when kids are excited, and they go, <gasps> they're like this, going, oh my God, I'm so excited. The same thing is if they're really angry or really upset or really frustrated, it's all on the outside. It's, in a, complete, it's a complete external expression of their emotions because that's what their brains are wired to do. They actually can't sit, so they go, sit still, be calm, you know, at the restaurants, you know, and they're running around. They're bored, I'm running, I'm so excited, or, you know, this is terrible, I'm crying, I'm upset, I want to go home, I don't want to sit in this pram anymore. The view from a toddler's world is very different. Um, and so getting, a parent, getting parents to understand that, they actually are not able to do it. However, the way that they learn it, the way they learn emotional regulation, comes from the parent. So the whole thing about the thinking part of your brain being switched off, we've all experienced that generally. You know, being in traffic, sometimes the thinking part of your brain switches off and you act in a way that perhaps you wouldn't normally. Um, toddlers will do that all the time, okay? So they're not able to. And then when you start to see parents who are equally matching that, you find that parents and children and toddlers are so far up here. So in terms of, put your shoes on. No, I don't want to. And they start throwing things. I say, put your shoes on. No, I don't want to. So, you know, someone's trying to scream louder than the other. And then all of a sudden, everybody's thinking brain is completely switched off. And when they find themselves in a place that is very hard to draw back to, it's very hard to regulate um, those emotions. So the same is really around when we see um, tantrums. And I haven't put too much up about tantrums because I think it's one of those things that's just like behaviour. It's just one of those complete dysregulation. So tantrums are really scary for a toddler, particularly when they've completely lost control. They're exhausting. You know, sometimes you see a toddler after they've had a big um, tantrum and they're sweaty and they're red and they're breathing really fast. You know, it's one of those, it's a real physical response and takes a lot from them. And that is, they have completely lost control. And so, you know, there are some things that can happen beforehand and we talk about parents, you know, understanding what's going on for their toddler, getting down to their level, holding their hands, um, being really physical. And if I keep speaking like this, you'll all just calm down and go to sleep, okay? But it's amazing what it does for a toddler as well. Okay, so when you start escalating and seeing that happening and seeing a parent join in on the journey up here, okay, it's very hard to bring that back. A toddler really needs a parent, a carer, an adult to step in and go, I can see this is really hard for you. Do you need a cuddle? I'm right here. Okay, so really getting down, and it's amazing. They might say no, but a toddler will say that as well. They'll say that all the time. They'll never say yes. It's no, no, no. You just talk, okay, 
I'm right here, can really de-escalate a situation and really help the toddler start to understand what it means to regulate your emotions. Now you don't say, hey, I'm going to teach you how to regulate your emotions, something that they learn. Let's just calm down. Let's do our magic breaths, those type of things. You know, all of those skills, they're the skills that parents need from you. That's, that's the support parents need from you. Because once everyone's lost control up here, that, you know, when we talked about temperament, if you have a child that is more reactive um, and you have a parent who is, you know, also reactive and unable to kind of step in and help with that, um, you know, calming that situation down, then you find that that's really some, a behaviour that's really starting to cement itself for the toddler. And they find it really difficult then as they grow older to really start to manage those emotions and what we say, you know, regulate their emotions. So really, um, really important to really think about those uh, physical responses. So emotional regulation is the process by which individuals influence which, in, which emotions they have, when they have them, and how they experience and express these emotions. So that's a big, that's a big thing to be able to do. And that is way too big for a toddler to be able to do it. So like I said, the critical part of that is actually for the parent to understand that. And so when you're working with parents, it's also understanding what their triggers are. And we'll talk a little bit about that in a moment. So parents and carers need good emotional regulation, okay, to teach good emotional regulation. Okay, so I'm sure that you can think of families straight away that you think that you can see that happening all the time and they get into this vicious cycle. Um, and that's one of the things that really starts to break down really easily and really quickly. So if you're thinking about attachment theory, it's the parent-child relationship. Because if you can imagine the reactivity to a parent and a child if this happens long term, then that, that attachment really starts to break down. That attachment really starts to deteriorate. And then you see children that have, you know, will go on and have, um, may develop conduct disorders. Uh, you know, it's very hard for them to go to school. It's very hard for them to um, concentrate. There's all of those things. Um, and we certainly see that um, in the toddler clinic. So disruptive behaviours in toddlers are, the, are signs of emotional dysregulation. But I think you have to also think about what is normal and expected. So we've talked about all the normal stuff. So it's, a, you know, it's normal for them to have tantrums. It's normal and there's a reason why. So 80% of toddlers 12 to 24 months display some disruptive behaviours at some stage. Okay, so that's a large show. And that's kind of normal and we'll talk about that in a second. But it's also how long that that goes on for. How long? before you can actually step in there and um, make a difference for that child. So the early parent-child attachment relationship teaches emotion and behaviour regulation, okay? And that's, you know, the seminal work by John Bowlby um, and also Mary Ainsworth as well around um, the strange situations. Have you seen that? Yeah, so that's the basis of what we do everything um, at, at the toddler clinic around PCIT and we do measure um, attachment based on the strange situation as well. So it gives a lot of information about what's going on for that child and that um, parent. So let's just, so we thought, you know, we talked about the brain, this is all going on. Now I think it's really important as well when you're thinking about families is actually what is doable with this family and what's not achievable. 
because I think that there are some, you know, there are some things that you're not going to be able to change. There are some factors that you need to get a really good understanding of as to why, what else is going on for that family because you have to think about a, a parent's or a family's readiness for change, a family's readiness to understand and hear what you have to say. Um, because there are other factors that go on. And you know, certainly with some of the families we see at Karatani, with all the things that are going on, there are some things that need to be addressed first before you can even think about what's going on um, for the toddler as well. So what are some of the factors that you think impact on the toddler? Think about families, what's going on for families? Mental health? For parent? Physical environment, that's a great thing. So what, what do you mean by physical environment? Housing, resources, yep. The busyness of being, of just being, of, you know, routine, going to daycare, coming home, um, certainly that has an impact. So, you know, we have a, we're almost in a, in a cycle of the overscheduled child. You know, from, you know, normal's not good enough anymore. We've all got to be exceptional. We've got swimming, we've got language, we've got music, and I'm three. Yeah. <laughs> Absence? Yeah, so fly in, fly out. You're talking about that? Yeah, that's an example, yeah. And certainly um, long period of working conditions. So, you know, we're on 24-7 these days. There is no going home and switching off, for sure. And, you know, there's a, a term called presenteeism, which is you physically might be there, but are you actually there? Okay, and that's really, that is really important. So certainly what's going on at home, yeah, work, life, absences, what else can affect? Yeah, so siblings and, and parents, absolutely, what's going on around them, what's a family. And also, um, your birth order can have an impact as well about where you are. Blended families, who said that? At the back, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, you know, families look very different. What's our definition of a family? It's different for everybody. Um, so all of these things play, um, certainly play a part. So developmental delay can some be some of those things, hearing loss, nutrition issues, sensory emotional processing disorders, eczema, asthma, um, family violence, conflict, birth order, all of those things, all those things you mentioned, large family, social isolation, harsh parenting, um, neglect, abuse, unstable housing, um, and clash in temperament, which we, which we touched on before, uh, between other family members. So these are, you know, there's a lot to think about. You know, these little toddlers are, you know, the little brains are being wired, you know, uh, like nothing else, like the, the speed of that happening, but the external influences. So a lot of what we see with toddlers is happening around them or to them. Okay, they are very receptive and very, um, I guess, sensitive to the physical environment around them about what's happening. Um, one, of the, one of the corporate um, supports we had, was, this mum had contacted me, she was very distressed about her child. All of a sudden, she'd pick her up from daycare and she'd scream every time she saw mum. And that was very distressing for mum. You know, what's happening? She didn't want to go to her mum anymore. She was going to dad. Um, and she could feel it really starting to escalate. And so I just, you know, we just asked a few questions about 
well, you know, how long is it? You know, first of all, it was acknowledging, look, I can see this is really distressing for you. And I can see that your relationship with your daughter is really important. So it's really validating that parents don't necessarily want this to happen. Parents are looking for something better. They really want to be able to enjoy their toddler and what we refer to as delighting in your toddler, which seems to get lost in the doing of a lot of tasks um, and just trying to exist in, in the world. And we asked a few questions around, you know, how long has it been going on? Have there been any significant changes? And I think, like you mentioned down the back there, mum had taken on a, a more senior role, had been absent a lot, and so her daughter was sending out some very strong signals, something's going on here, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. And so it was helping, so when we asked a few of those questions and put some things into place, it became much easier for mum, you know, it shifted that relationship straight away because mum was able to recognise, because um, Parents can take it very personally. They don't like me anymore. They don't love me anymore. Um, and so trying to shift that for her. And we did, we put a few things in place, which we'll talk about towards the end. And it really shifted that relationship in, in not, probably a couple of weeks. That, the, you know, the, her, her daughter's behaviour really started to settle back down again. So never underestimate what's good. Children are extremely resilient. But there also can be, when you think about temperament as well, always have those three things in the back of your mind, can also be really challenging, okay? So they're very um, sensitive to the environment around them. So th they're really important things that when you don't just think it's the toddler's behaviour is the issue. If you're going down to support a family and you're thinking about it, ask lots of questions. What's going on for your family at the moment? What's going on around you? Because I can bet you there's some little things that are happening around that toddler, okay? And sometimes it's just a shift in that and a shift in understanding from the parent and a shift in behaviour for the parent can actually turn the toddler's behaviour around. So having those conversations and asking a few key questions is really important to help parents understand what's going on for their toddler. Because remember, they can't do it themselves. Okay, we might do this one more slide and then we'll grab a quick cup of tea, I think. All right, so here's the equation. This is what it looks like to be a toddler. And that's, a, you know, I'm not very good at maths, but that looks like a lot of uh, stuff there for me. So, big emotions, they feel everything, okay? Big, small, little, doesn't matter. It's like, um, I love the big emotions analogy when you put down a blue cup, but they want the red cup. Yeah? Not a big deal for most. For your toddler, big, big deal. Okay, so understanding what those big emotions are. The developing communication. Okay, so we can talk about uh, emotions and, look, I don't really like the way that you spoke to me like that. It will make me really happy if you picked up your clothes and don't throw your toys around. Okay, but they're developing that communication. So remember, everything is a physical response. It's an uh. It's a few words as they're developing that. Um, so if you've got a big emotion and not much communication with it, it's the shift when you see better communication along with better emotional regulation that you see the emotions go down. Now sometimes we see older children, adults perhaps, that have never done that. And so the emotions always stay high and they're very reactive. Okay, so developing communication. Dependent on others for daily needs. So this is still really, I think it's a fascinating one as well with developing communication. 
is that some children look taller, bigger, and we expect more of them. Okay? Um, but remember, they've still got big emotions, so they still haven't got there yet. And also, they're dependent on others for daily needs. So they have to wait for someone to get me a drink. I have to wait for someone, you know, I'm dirty, I need my nappy change, I need to wait for someone to do that. So they're, just so, they're still so dependent on, on others to make themselves comfortable or to meet their actual physical needs, along with a big emotion and I can't really tell you exactly why I'm not happy, but I'm not happy. Okay, so can you see how the equation's getting bigger? It's getting much harder to manage these emotions. So to, I told you, it's tough work being a toddler. Balancing abilities with the assertion for independence. So um, I guess what we see here is I do it myself, mine, me. You know, it's all about me. And the frustration if they start to do something and they can't do it, or they're starting to do something, someone comes in and takes over. Okay? Once again, go back to temperament and personality. Okay? Will that trigger someone? Will that trigger a toddler? So um, certainly wanting to be more independent. Um, the powerful impact of biological needs. And that kind of goes with the dependent on others. That, you know, the hangry, I'm angry and I'm hungry now, like I need it now, like not yesterday, not a minute ago, I need it now. Okay, so that, you know, the impact of that. And what you see then is the difficulty in managing emotions and behaviours. Okay, so you've got all of those factors that really cement this is the picture, this is what's going on for your toddler. So toddlers' emotions are pure and can be overwhelming for parents and kids. Okay, so really, it's us as parents trying to learn how to manage and respond to the toddler. They're not coming from a place of malice, they're not coming from a place of, um, you know, uh, preconceived, I'm gonna make, I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna make my mum's life hell today. That's not what a toddler does, okay? They wake up and they go, I feel really tired. So, you know, it's like the, um, I try to say to parents, so, you know, we see a calendar, we've got a calendar, you knew you were coming here today, um, you know, so you can plan your day, you know what's coming next. Toddler does not see your calendar, does not have their calendar. So they're driven by that biological need. They're not driven by what's coming next. And so that's really important, okay? So they're you know, getting parents to understand that. Um, and what we see when we start to see parents shift that mind, that mindset, it has a completely profound difference in terms of their interactions and insight to what's going on for their toddler. So I do really love that. I think that's a really important... Um, thing for parents to understand. They're not coming from a place of, I'm here to make your life really difficult. All right. Are you ready for a cup of tea? I can see a few of you doing that. Excellent. Let's have a quick break. Mm -hmm.